Welcome to Rogues Unite, a D&D podcast. Welcome to Rogues Unite, a D&D podcast. This is my first ever podcast, so please forgive any mistakes I may make. And let's get started. Hi, my name's Genesis Pedrino, and today I'll be your host. In this podcast, we'll talk about D&D strategies along with playing a few small D&D games with invited guests. Today, in episode one, we're going to talk about some of the most common D&D races and which one's for you. First up, we'll have dwarves, then we'll have elves. So dwarves. Dwarves are best known for working in mines. These skilled warriors are skilled in shape of stone and metal. Dwarves are extremely committed to tradition and their clans, and do not give up tradition easily. The echoing of picks and hammers in the deep mountain mines and the sound of the blazing forges are common in the homes of these dwarves, as they pick away at the sides of their mountain homes. Though they stand well under five feet tall, dwarves are so broad and compact that they can weigh as much as any human standing nearly two feet taller. They're curate... Their courage and endurance are also easily a match for any of the larger folk. Dwarven skin can range from deep brown to paler hue tinged with red, but the most common shades are light brown or deep tan, like certain tones of earth. Their hair worn long but in simple styles is usually black, gray, or brown, though paler dwarves often have red hair. Male dwarves value their beards highly and dream them carefully. Dwarves can live more than 400 years old and have great memory. I do not recommend giving a dwarf a reason to have a grudge against you, for they will not forget it easily. The long age grants them a perspective on the world that shorter-lived races such as humans and halflings lack. They are varsely associated with wisdom, smiting, mining, and crafting. Dwarven kingdoms stretch deep beneath the mountains where the dwarvens mine gems and precious metals and forge items of wonder. A dwarf's name is granted by a clan elder, in accordance with tradition. Every proper dwarven name has been used and reused down through the generation. But a dwarven's name does not belong to the individual, but has the clan itself. A dwarf must, that misuses or brings the name to a shame is stripped of the name and forbidden by law to use any dwarven name in its place. As a dwarf, your constitution score will increase by two. And your alignment, well, you pretty much stray towards good, are lawful, and believe firmly in the benefits of a well-ordered society, and believe in fair play. Your base speed would be 25 feet. And since you're used to the dark of the underground, your dark vision will be up to 60 feet. You'll have advantages on saving throws, and, uh, and will be poison resistant. Pretty much, you could drink an entire cup of poison and pretty much be fine. Now, your favorite... Your favorite weapons are the battle axe, the hand axe, the throwing hammer, and the war hammer. My personal favorite there. Now, your main tool proficiencies will be any artisan's tool of your choice. Now, you also have this bonus one, which is stone cutting. Whenever you make an intelligence or history check related to the origin of stonework, you are considered proficient in the history skill and adds double your proficiency. Now, languages. You can speak, read, and write common and dwarvish. Dwarvish is 
full of hard consonants and group cut out part repeat this languages you can speak read and write common and dwarvish now there are two main subraces of dwarves that populate the worlds of D&D hill dwarves and mountain dwarves hill dwarves have has a hill dwarf you have keen senses repeat Hill Dwarves has a hill dwarf. You will have keen senses, deep intuition, and remarkable resilience. Your build, your wisdom score would increase by one, and your hit point maximum increases by one, and increases by one every time you gain a level. Now the Mountain Dwarf has a Mountain Dwarf. You're strong and hardy, accustomed to difficult life and rugged terrain. You're probably on the tall side for a dwarf, and tend towards lighter coloration. Your strength score will increase by two, and you have proficiency of light and medium armor. Now, dwarves are amazing for most people. I ain't too big a fan of dwarves. Sorry for all you dwarf fans out there. But, dwarves for me, yes, dwarves are majorly strong, and they have really cool weapons and great mining skills. By more into that elegance area and being able to seduce. Being a dwarf, yes, you can look amazing and super cool. And you always have this cool armor. Pretty much, if you want a dwarf, you're going to be more for the strength than much of anything. At least in my opinion. Now next, we're going to talk about my favorite race, elves. Elves are elegant, but great warriors, mainly used for rogues. Now, elves are also considered children until they declare themselves adults, sometime after the 100th birthday, and before this period, they are called by child names. On declaring adulthood, an elf selects an adult name, although those who knew him or her as a youngster might continue use the child name. Each elf's name is unique creation. Though it might reflect the names of respective individuals or other family members, little distinction exists between male names and female names. Now, elves love exploration and adventure. Elves take up adventuring out of wonderlust. Since they are so long-lived, they can enjoy centuries of exploration and discovery. They dislike the pace of human society, which is Recommended from day to day, but constantly changing over decades. So they find careers that let them travel freely and set their own pace. Elves also enjoy exercising their martial powers or gaining greater ma magical power, and adventuring allows them to do so. Some might join with rebels fighting against operation, and others might become champions of moral causes. Now, some common female Adult names is Adri, Athlia, Van Melda, Endov, Leah, Marielle, Mieli, Naivara, Kulina. Some, some male adult names may be Adren, Elir, Emiral, Erevan, Erden, Anelius. Aranis, Zeren, Varus, Rolin, and many others. And some child names may include Era, Dryan, Del, Erin, Faen, Enil, Thea, Nail, Nacris, Fana, and Riel.
Now, your dexterity score increased by two. This is why elves are pretty much preferred to be rogues, but that does not limit you to just being a rogue. Now, age. Although elves reach physical maturity about the same age as humans, the elf the elven understanding of adulthood goes beyond physical growth to encompass worldly experience. An elf typically claims adulthood and adult name around the age of 100 and claim to be 750 years old. Now, elves love freedom, variety, and self-expression, so they, learn, they lean strongly towards the gentler aspects of chaos. They value and protect others' freedoms as well as their own, and they are more often good than not. The drow are exception. Their exile into the Underdark has made them various and dangerous. Dra drow are more often evil than not. Now, elves range from under 5 feet to over 6 feet tall and have slender bodies. Pretty much, if you're an elf, your size is going to be medium. Now, your base walking speed as an elf will be 30 feet. Now, since you're accustomed to twilight forest and the night sky, you have superior dark vision and dim conditions. You can see in dim light within 60 feet of you as if it were bright light, and darkness as if it were dim light. Can't discern color and darkness, only shades of gray. Now, you have proficiency in the perception skill. And you have advantages on saving throws against being charmed, and magic can't put you to sleep. Now, elves don't really need to sleep. Instead, they meditate deeply, remaining subconscious for four hours a day. Now, the most common word for this meditation is a trance. Now, while meditating, tr you can dream after a fashion. Such dreams are actually mental exercises that become reflective through the years of practice. After resting in this way, you gain the same benefit that a human does from eight hours of sleep. Now, you can speak, read, and write common, and Elvish. Elvish is fluid with subtle annotations and intricate grammar. Now, subraces. There are many subraces in the elves, so we're only going to be able to go through a few. Now, the most, the three main subraces are high elves, wood elves, dark elves, but dark elves are also called drow, drow or drow. Depending upon how you pronounce it. Now the High Elf. You are keen-minded and the mastery of at least the basics of magic. In many of the worlds of D&D, there are two kinds of High Elves. One type, which includes the Grey Elves and Valley Elves of Greyhawk and the Sylvanse of Dragonlands. And the Sun Elves of the Forgotten Realms is haughty and reclusive, believing themselves to be superior and non-elves and even other elves. The R-type include the High Elves of Greyhawk, the Qantas of Dragonless, and the Moon Elves of the Forgotten Realms are more common and more friendly and often encountered among humans and other races. Now, most Sun Elves have bronze skin and hair of copper, black, or golden blonde. Their eyes are golden, silver, or black. And Moon Elves also called silver elves or gray elves, are much paler with alabaster skin, sometimes tinged with blue. They often have hair of silvery white, black, or blue, but various shades of blonde, brown, and red are, most, are not uncommon. Their eyes are blue or green and flecked with gold. 
Now, if you're a high elf, your intelligence score will increase by one, and you have proficiency of the long sword, the short sword, the short bow, the long bow, well, and the long bow. And you know one cantrip of your choice from the wizard spell list. Intelligence is your spellcasting ability for it. Now you can speak, read, and write one extra language of your choice. Now that's one of the main reasons I like high elves. Now wood elf, my ultimate favorite. As a wood elf, you have keen senses and intuition, and your fleet feet carry you quickly and stealthily through your native forest. This category includes the wild elves of Greyhawk and the Kungansta of Dragonlance, as well as the races called Wood Elf and Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms. In Faroon, Wood Elves, also called Wild Elves, Green Elves, or Forest Elves, are reclusive and distrusting of non-elves. Now, Wood Elf skin tend to be copperish in who, sometimes with traces of green. Their head, their hair, piece the hair part. Their head, repeat, Again, their hair tends towards browns and blacks, but is occasionally blonde or copper colored. Their eyes are green, brown, or hazel. Now, your wisdom score will increase by one if you're a wood elf, and you have proficiency with the longsword, so short sword, short bow, and longbow. And your base walking speed will increase to 35 feet. Now, you can attempt to hide even when you're only lightly obscured by foliage, heavy rain, and falling snow, mist, and nothing. Other natural phenomenon. This is why I also like being a wood elf because I'm usually a rogue. It makes it way easier to hide. Now we also have the dark elf that we're going to go over today. Now descended from an earlier subrace of dark skinned elves, the Drew are banished from the surface world for following the goddess Luth down the path of evil and corruption. Now they have built their own civilization, the Deaths of the Underdark, patterned after a way of Lolf. Also called dark elves, the drow have black skin that resembles polished obsidian and dark white or pale yellow hair. They commonly have very pale eyes, so pale as to be mistaken for white. In the shades of lilac, silver, pink, red, and blue. They tend to be smaller and thinner than most elves. Now, drow adventures are rare, and the race does not exist in all worlds. Check with your dungeon master, see if you can play a drow character. Now, as a dark elf, your charisma score will increase by one, and you have superior dark vision. Your dark vision has a radius of 120 feet. That's another reason that you'd want to do a dark elf. Now, you do have a disadvantage on attack rolls and on wisdom checks that rely on sight when you, the target of your attack, or whatever you are trying to perceive, is in direct sunlight. Now... You know the Dancing Lights cantrip when you reach 3rd level. You can cast the Fairy Fire spell once per day. And when you reach 5th level, you can also cast the Darkness spell once per day. Now, Charisma is your spell casting ability for these spells. Draw Weaponing Training. You have proficiency in rapier, sword, swords, and hand crossbows. Now, were it not for one renowned exception, the race of Drow have been universally reviled. To most, they are a race of demon 
demon-worshipping marauders dwelling in the subterranean depths of the Underdark, emerging only on the blackest nights to pillage and slaughter the surface dwellers they despise. Their society is depraved and procured with the favor of Luth and their spider goddess who sanctions murders and the examination of entire families as noble houses vile for position. Yet one drow, at least, broke the mold. In the world of Forgotten Realms, Drist du Erden, Ranger of the North, has proven his quality as a good-hearted defender of the weak and innocent. Rejecting his heritage and adrift in the world that looks upon him with terror and loathing, Dritz is a model for those few drew who follow in his footsteps, trying to find a life apart from evil society, their undarked homes. Now, you may pick to be a dark elf and also decide to break the mold of your heritage. That is also why I like to be a dark elf, because everyone all of a sudden suspects you and they do one good thing. And they might still respect you, but most DMs will make sure they officially trust you. Now that's going to be all for today's D&D podcast. Thank you for listening to Rogues Unite. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I cut out most of that. Replace with this ending. Well, thank you for listening to Rogues Unite, a D&D podcast. This is your host, Jensis Padruno. Signing out. Bye.